This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Christine, what's the TFC stand for? Two Fit Crazies. Two Fit Crazy Productions? Yeah. Yeah, we produce some podcasts. So, um, you know, people always come up to us uh, and ask us how we can help them or, you know, what we can do. How did you get started in podcasting? What do I need? This and that. We Let got us you covered. help you. We Let got- us consult with you. We'll walk you through every step. Got you covered. And then from there, if you feel like recording and sending us the information, we'll produce it. We'll package it. We'll send it back to you nice with a bow on it. And uh, you just upload it yourself. And we'll uh, give you all those marketing tools and everything you need to do in the meantime. That's right. From the leaders in Podcasting 101. TFC Productions. So we're also brought to you by ContiFit.com, which is your virtual online fitness and wellness. You name it, you need it. We're here for you. And uh, make sure, check out the Let's Face It Together Facial Fitness and Rehabilitation Program, working with special populations around the world. Get virtually certified today. Don't miss out. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. We've got virtual online health coaching uh, sessions with me, uh, my company, High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, all the information, highfivehealthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Too Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing really well. We just One had of those days. I'm, I feel amazing today. An amazing show for you today. And I think that's probably why we feel so amazing, because we got all this great energy from the Lawrence Biscontini. Woo! <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Christine, tell us more about Lawrence. He is so fantastic. All right. If you do not know Lawrence Biscontini, you are missing out, and you are going to find out a lot today. This episode is a few years in the making. Um, because Lawrence is a very, uh, very influential man in the fitness industry and is very highly coveted as a mentor after being a very successful um, – he was in Tai Chi and yoga and he's a presenter and he works a lot with aqua fitness and he is – when you come across him, he is just a special, spiritual, loving, caring, just – amazing person. I, I, I don't know what else to say. And when I was, I'm going to say this in the, um, in the show, when you listen that I first came across him and I was about 22 years old, which is like last year. I'm kidding. Um, I was about 22 and in graduate school, I took one of his classes at a convention. I was just getting into the fitness industry and he was, he was amazing. I, I couldn't, I, you know, I'm like, you're drawn in. It's you're, you're present. They talk about mindfulness, about He's being a in the moment. Human. Everything about it was, I want to be, I want more of this. Brian, you always say that. I want more of that. Give I, me some of that. Yeah. Whatever he has, that's what I want. And I will never forget him. And now, you know, looking to him and looking up to him as a role model from that point and seeing him at all these conventions and now being, you know, a peer and someone that, you know, presents with him and now, you know, being a friend and having him on the show, I am, you know, my heart just explodes. And and it was an episode of, you know, wisdom and pearls. You know, we get we get Lawrence's pearls, but it's also like, where did it come from? Where does it where did it begin? And, you know, and you get the 
uh, you know, he, he says it's fear, it's family history, and a wicked stepmother. It's the perfect ingredients for a great story. So I really feel like you're going to love this uh, this episode uh, for sure. We did. It was just a pleasure to have him on and, and speak with him for uh, well over an hour. And and you know what? Lawrence is big bucks. Oh, he yeah. is that good. Yeah. So for, you know, again, we have a lot of people on this podcast, and Brian and I are very lucky because – this is like we get this beautiful education from these people all over the world with great experiences and so much to share. So like, listeners today, oh, my gosh, you're going to get like a mentoring session with Lawrence. I was just going to say, how cool is it what, what we get to do? Right. It's really like, cool. You know, we get to, you know, the, the world class mentor. We get yeah. to, you know, hang with them for hours yeah i mean you know find out a little bit more about everything so amazing get your pens and pads write down these hashtags that he uh goes through and and uh and get on it there's a opportunity for you to be involved in lawrence's world via his uh his facebook pages and private um you know pages whether you're in fitness or business there's a lot of um business tools and you know knowledge that he's going to pass along too so here we go Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, do you know where it's at today? I think right here, right now. It is. And this is like years in the making, and I never, I'm not a hard sell. But you know what? I'm, You're not? No. You like stalk people. I am very <laughs> much, I'm, I wait. I'm right. patient. Yeah. And a slow stalk. I always wait, and I'm very much... Um, someone who never gives up and just, and finally, after a few years, we have the Lawrence Biscontini on the podcast. Lawrence, how are you? Namaste, namaste, <laughs> six feet away, namaste, <laughs> connected, namaste, very grateful that you are able to find a date. <laughs> That I can speak to you and Brian. <laughs> so excited to have you. And listeners from around the world, it is such an honor to have Lawrence with us today. And I cannot wait for you to hear everything he is up to, his hands in the pot, change in the world. Lawrence, tell our listeners where you're coming to us from today. I'm in Puerto Rico, where I have been since January 1st, inside my walls gated <laughs> compound at pre-COVID, and I haven't even opened my front door since January 1st. Is that right? Yep. No, I just thought I would tell you a story for your listeners just because I want to make it up as I go along. Yes, I had my groceries (laughs) delivered. My wonderful doctor vet, Dr. Jorge, has made house calls for biscuit, bringing groceries and vegetables and fruits and plants in tow for months and months, and I am very safe on an island. Awesome. Please tell everyone who Biscuit is because otherwise everyone's going to be very frightened. 
Biscuit is my last name, or my sidekick, or mm-hmm. the most dependable love of my life, which is God backwards, right? My dog. He's an Italian greyhound. He's six and a half years young, and he is my kindred spirit, also known as my late father reincarnated. Wow. Okay. His nickname was Biscuit, because my last name is Biscontini. No one can ever get that. So my dad was called for years when he was in... Italian speaking immigrant in America making his way through New York and Pennsylvania he was called the biscuit and so I just decided biscuit's name uh, did not I choose it chose me it chose him it's just the reincarnation he's the biscuit and biscuit travels with you all over the world correct yes we have rarely separated on his existence with us yeah I've never seen you without biscuit by the way it's, no one has. He has more Instagram power? followers than I do, Christine. It. Maybe we can change that on this show. Hello. <laughs> you can't compete with pets. You just can't. Not with dogs. You just can't. Oh, my Puppies. goodness. Crazy. So I have to tell the listeners, the very first time that I encountered Lawrence, I was actually in Maryland. I was at DCAC convention as an attendee. Um, I want to say I was in graduate school at the time still. And I walked in, again, I was, I was certified in yoga. I took it in college from, you know, really studied from, you know, I have a very different yoga background because I actually studied a full year of a course with a, you know, who was it? A, um, a woman who went over and studied with the, you know, the Buddhist monks and whatnot. And you name it, we were neti pots up our nose and, you know, drink this gallon of water and purge. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I thought I was just going to relax. Um, and I walk into Lawrence's class and it was Yo Chi. I was blown away. And that was my first experience and I will never forget it. And that I want to say was in 2002. So thank you, Lawrence. I just want to uh, say how the universe kind of comes back to people sometimes. And um, it's now I'm on the other side of, you know, the teaching and fitness world and trying to help people. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And I know you get you're like, stop it, stop mm-hmm. it sometimes. But seriously, it, that was really cool and really appreciate that. So thank you. You're a superstar with that with your memory. And I remember meeting you while I haven't had the privilege, I believe, unless I'm wrong, of meeting Brian. I met you at a competition I was judging, correct? Oh, my that's gosh. That's my first memory you should, of you. You. Sh- you should probably tell everyone what I was doing because that's really <laughs> that's hysterical. I did that to make a – just to make a kind of statement. That was the whole thing with that. What was that? that? What was the competition? Oh, Lawrence. There's a competition I created years ago, 11 years ago in Asia at the Asia Fitness Convention that I've been doing at the largest convention in Asia for 10 years. And it's called Fitness Idol. In the times when American Idol was super, super strong and popular, I thought how wonderful if fitness could get a fast-track opportunity to the career of somebody who would be on stage and bypass applications and sponsorship and all the backstory, right? And just be chosen by judges. And the winning slot would be in addition to mentorship and prizes and gifts and expo people taking you under their wings and offering to sponsor you. Just a guaranteed slot, which no presenter ever has, in the next year's convention at AFC, which is pretty prestigious. And then Sarah Cooperman in America came and she was judging. And she said, I want this at my shows too. 
but it's going to have to be mine because it's L- it's SCW, not LCW, right, Lawrence? And I said, sure. She said, but I'll let you be a judge. And I said, oh, gracious, thank you. <laughs> and so she still runs that. And when I used to do those shows, I would be a judge. And that's how I met Christine, came on in red, sassy boa and dress and heels and said, I'm here to say, male or female, that whatever you want Hashtag, oh yes you can. Before hashtags, <laughs> before heels, before dragon boas, and before this whole hashtag me too and inclusion were at the forefront of our talk. She was so visionary and she did it and she captured our hearts. And I remember she had snaps and claps and rhymes on a dime. She was brilliant and a costume change or what drag queens would call a reveal mm-hmm. <laughs> with research-based movement that was solid And I remember Yuri Rocket and I, who were also judging, went up to her at the end and said, where are you and where did you come from? Here's our card. Stay in touch. You just have going uphill. And this is just but the top of a mountain. However, remember, this is the bottom of your next mountain. We're going to see big things from you. And look what's happened in your career in like, what what was that, 10 years ago, Christine? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Kudos to you. Crazy. Unbelievable. It's crazy. You got any footage, Lawrence? Oh, it's just, uh, probably <laughs> some people somewhere. Do. If you oh put gosh. a little call to action with some <laughs> okay. prizes. I'm going to put that out okay. there. Uh, send it directly to me. Okay. That's, you know. Thank you. Okay. We'll, we'll take good care of that. Oh I promise. Oh, my gosh. You're brilliant. You had message and substance and definite USPs, unique selling points. Oh. One of the things I tell all the people I mentor is, what's your USP? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really, my people love me and love my smile. Well, you know what? That's a code of ethics from ACE, American Council on Exercise, right? That's like a starting point. What's your unique selling point? Well, I teach burpees that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Really, everybody does burpees. Mm-hmm. What's your unique selling point? Christine has hashtags and costume changes and sass and a message that every male and female can relate to, right? Yes, you can. How wonderful is that? I'm paying Lawrence, actually. He's a paid. Um, I really, that's why I brought him on today for our listeners around the world, you know. Um, Check to funny. Puerto Rico. Seriously. Is in the mail. Is in mail. Um, well, I don't have anything to say about me because I learned a long time ago you surround yourself by people who are smarter, better, and much more capable than you. As long as you feel like you're the dumbest person in your group, mm-hmm. you're doing everything right. Yeah. Therefore, we can talk about you. <laughs> Lawrence, here's the deal. We need to though. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just put a kibosh on this. For She's moments, blushing, Lawrence. She's you, you've here's got the her, deal. Uh, we have to go back. No, because we we're about stories. We're about inspiration, and you know you provide platforms for people and you mentor people. But before we get you know to any of that stuff, how in the world do you go from you know where you because you grew up in Pennsylvania, correct? Right, fat kid from Philly. <laughs> that's where i want to start lawrence that's the good stuff like cheese steaks and hot dogs and you know what all right so talk to me you were definitely not the you know zen of the universe the entire time when you were born unless you were and i didn't know um how the heck did you get so involved and so like literally spiritual and fitness and where did this come from Fear, family history, and an evil stepmother. Oh. 
So fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? One, sure. two, and three is all fear. covered with fear. Family history and an evil stepmother. My father died of heart disease when I was 18, but because my parents were divorced, I hardly knew him. And I was just getting to know him with my learner's permit driver's license, able to drive the hour and a half away that he was, and decided that I wanted to spend some more time getting to know him as he could fit me in with, uh, with an evil, covetous, jealous stepmother who wanted nothing to do with our time together or my zeal to get to know my dad. And he died. He had a quadruple bypass that prolonged his life six months. He was overweight and smoked, loved to smoke cigars. He and Nat King Cole used to go to Cuba and uh, do that route when it was legal. And uh, I used to play with Nat in the swimming pool, his daughter. And we had so much fun. And then dad died and I decided, gosh, that's scary. And a little bit weird because my mom continued to smoke and all these people were saying, geez, it's probably not a great lifestyle for your mom either. And I thought, I've, I'm lost and abandoned and alone and I don't want to continue to, the, to do this. I don't want to inherit that. And so out of my family history, the blood work I had inherited, I learned through all of that and subsequent physicals and tests uh, still in that 18 year that I had inherited a congenital heart issue and some blood that wasn't so great and I needed to make some changes. So out of fear, I decided to make some changes and getting no support, of course, from my stepmother because she was telling me I was fat and heading in a direction of my dad as she blocked the door to the funeral and wouldn't let me in the day we buried or tried to bury my dad. I decided, okay, I'll make some changes. And the short version is through fear and hearing her and looking at my dad's end, if you will, at a time when I just wanted to get to know the other significant person in my life besides mom and my faith, then I thought, I'll slowly make some changes. And I saw some people doing some movement that was not like the dodgeball attack football from school but not changing clothes, not looking like they had any equipment, and smiling outside. And I came to learn that this was some Chinese movement form called Tai Chi. And then after I dabbled in that with positive benefits, because I was a couch potato with uh, just, I would do two hours of evening TV with a half a gallon of ice cream. I was a couch potato. I didn't want to do any movement, let alone recess in school. So I was kind of pudgy. I would do the Flintstones, then a show called Petticoat Junction. <laughs> then shows that we could go into, like I Dream of Genie and Brady Bunch. That was my ritual with a half a gallon of chocolate chip mint Turkey Hill Pennsylvania ice cream daily. <laughs> mom would think, okay, as long as you're eating, right? Because mamas who are Italian want your kids to eat. And that was my ritual, and Tai Chi started to change my life, and then I wanted something a little more intense, and people said, you need to do something a little more intense and a little faster, and then I found water fitness because the ladies were so nice to me, and I didn't have to take off my clothes, and I could wear a shirt, and I couldn't fall down because the water supported me, and they were so sweet. I decided, whatever I do in my life, I will keep this ancient Chinese secret alive, if you will, or Tai Chi, and keep my love for water-based fitness at the forefront of my story. Wow. I am blown away by your perseverance from your childhood. It's heavy. That is some, that's some deep, you know, peeling back of that onion right there. And, 
I just think there's so many people out there right now that resonate with what you have said. M- myself included. I mean, Christine knows my story. Lawrence, my father uh, passed away when he was 41 and I was 12. And and heart disease, same thing, you know, yeah. uh, quadruple bypass. He was one of the first people in the country to have an angioplasty as well. And, you know, now all these things that they, you know, kind of outdated. They have stents and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, sure. but, you know, that fear of family history is still in there. I went this summer for my, you know, every five years I get the heart checked out and, you know, I'm pretty darn healthy yeah. and I'm going to make it uh, for sure. So, you know, but like I get that, you know, that, that fear and, and all that. I mean... Not to mention the lumping on top of it, the uh, closing of the funeral doors and things of that nature. But um, uh, hats off to you, man. Thank you. Nature nurture, right? We have to make the right choices for wellness, which is a whole other topic, and the right recognition of our nature, that which we've inherited from our ancestors as Italian smoking immigrants who also did a lot of wonderful things with plants and olive oil, of course. And so I hear you as well. And as you know, our blood tests are not the regular HDL and LDL blood tests. We get some things tested when you have a family history of heart disease that oh, yeah. are just beyond affordability in America. So I get them done in Greece because they know me and I train them. So I, it's like a 20 euro exchange. It's lovely. <laughs> For a, in the States, it's $1,500 at, at Quest Diagnostics. Unbelievable. Um, so tell us, I mean, you've, we know now that you've come a long way from being a participant in, in um, you know, water aerobics um, and, and things like that. What happened next? I mean, do you, I'm still a participant. I no, think we need I, to teach what we need to learn and learn what we need to teach when we do so, right? Right. I consider myself still a participant. I don't know what I'm doing. Just to circle back and bring closure, let anyone say that I'm a little bit wounded or angry or sort of vendetta-ish as an Italian about my evil stepmother who was toxic, who died years later. I know we're supposed to speak speak nice of the dead. So let me say this. My stepmother is dead. How nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lawrence, thank you for being authentic. Because I have to be. I can't do anything. Everyone else is taken. And you know what's great is that there's – this is my thing. Even when bad things are happening, I'm really, I really scratch and like claw at what, what positive is coming out of this. Um, and it's almost like, all right, well, I'm so angry and I'm so hurt and, and we could hold on to that or we could say, all right, you know what? That made me stronger. This is why I do what I do. And now I'm going to go out. Damn it. I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. And if I can spread that message and be empathetic, I mean, I'm grateful now for your evil stepmother and, and whatnot because you're a pretty freaking awesome person that has making some big changes and influencing Thank others. You, and you're if you so kind to say that. That never gets old to but hear. But if, you know, you don't go through hell, you're not going to be able to explain to other people how to get out. And that's, you know, that is what I think is the most important thing here. And Correct. I applied what you do with Sergeant Ken and all the platforms you have to tell your stories as well. I learned... By following the sun and living on three islands, right, Mykonos, Manhattan, and Puerto Rico, that a sundial serves no purpose if it stays in the shade. That's true. That goes to our lighthouse. Lighthouses yeah. don't go, go around the harbor chasing boats. They just stand there and right. shine. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So 
How is it that you went now from this love, this passion, you're inspired now, you're, you're like, this is awesome, I'm changing my life to, okay, maybe fitness, wellness can be a career. Because, again, we have a lot of people, and again, you mentor people all over the world that they're trying to figure that out. How is right. it that you took that leap? I mean, all of us have different journeys, but how did, how did you do it? Mine was coincidental and accidental because I had other careers that I thought I would follow on. Haven't I we all? in <laughs> Spanish translation because I thought, well, that's the next language in America. Let's be marketable. If I'm going to do anything in two languages, I'm twice as marketable. So how many even fitness books and DVDs over the years that my name will never be on have I dubbed and rewritten? Ka-ching, right? Mm -hmm. So I did a master's in Spanish translation and then in education. Well, that's great in fitness. Although I was teaching. I was teaching Spanish at the university. Then I went on to write curriculum for procedures for the government and safety and security and food and beverage for American Airlines. I went around the world twice for free and wrote a travel book. My first book was a travel book. Still teaching fitness on the side because I wanted to make sure that back to Brian and my nature nurture that I did what I could to make healthy choices despite the blood I inherited and I went to ACE in Washington DC and took the first American Council on Exercise group fitness certification I sat for that it's maybe gold certified meaning there were no study materials you sort of prayed to Jesus and did a lick and a promise and <laughs> hoped you passed because I thought, since I'm teaching all this stuff, both in American and other places, I better like be certified and know what I'm doing in some governmentally recognized organization. Then I went on to do the others. And then after a while with American, and after a while of finding I could do my Spanish translation with my master's anywhere in any discipline, I think I'll make fitness a fuller part of my life because it is my lifestyle, which is why I tell everyone I mentor, Christine and Brian, you never choose your path. You never choose your message. You never choose your hashtag. You never choose your charity because those things have chosen you. People came to me over the years and said, teach us more. We want to do this. Wow, did you get over overeating, then undereating. You were overweight. Then you were anorexic at a time when males didn't talk about anorexia. Then you went through disorder recovery. And now you're willing to talk about that journey and just work with nutritionists and be open about how fitness and wellness can help us. Your hashtag chooses you because it's what you're all about. Your USP or your unique selling point, the charity you're most aligned with. It's not a charity that you say, oh, I should do something for social good. <laughs> Whom should I choose? No. What's important to your heart? That's already chosen you. Mine is the nuns who taught me because when I didn't really have parents at home and I didn't really have support at home and it was full of bullying in my upbringing with name calling, it was the nuns who sheltered me and supported me and gave me lots of love and light. So they're my charity and the support of proceeds from my website generated sales go to, to support the nuns. I just believe that all that stuff in life chooses you. And when you're authentic, to circle what you said, Christine, that's when it's sincere. And people will buy into physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, whatever you're selling, when they relate to your sincerity. That is so true on so many levels, so many levels. But people don't realize that. They're always searching for like, What's the next best thing or, you know, yeah, you're, yeah, right. you're trying or, to like. Or the, the, the trainer that gives you the most burpees, you know, the one that will kick my ass. Right. Sure. Is not the, uh, is not always the best thing. I want to talk for a second about you now, you mentor people. I mean, you've been through so much. You've seen, you know, decades of fitness. Like, you know, I've been, I've seen a couple decades, but 
you were really even teaching and presenting when I was getting my feet wet into this. And right, I had Julius Caesar on one side of me, Cleopatra on the other, <laughs> and I was followed by Cher. Well, I teach what my facial fitness rehabilitation program. I tell people I'm a hundred because they because <laughs> they good. they have no choice but to say you look amazing. I set myself up for that one. It's the layup. Um, sure. But that's the you know so so now you've learned so much and you start mentoring people because people need, you know, some direction. I, it's like you, you have the laser and they're the cats. You gotta <laughs> come on, come on, follow the laser. Um, what is it that people can expect now when they work with you? Because I think a lot of our listening base could really benefit from, you know, from your guidance and from some of the, you know, workshops and things that you offer. So what is it that you would tell them? You are so kind to say those positive things. I really appreciate that. I would say for, I say first, not would, I do say, number one, everyone needs two mentors and not every mentor is for everyone. So you kind of try a couple things at Starbucks before you realize that maybe you don't even like that environment, but you have to have two mentors, one in your field and one who you want to be like. My mentor with a capital M is Connie Towers in Hollywood, California. She's super on everything and so connected to a life I'll never know. But she's the person when she speaks or gets a photo taken or has a blog or does an appearance or a premiere or gets her star in the Hollywood fame. She is how I want to be as a Christian, as a Catholic, as a human person. And then I have mentors in our industry who get where the bones are buried and how to negotiate contracts and how can this organization treat me this way? Can you imagine? And then they, we know where the bones are buried. That's why I mentor to save people. I don't really tell people what to do ever. I tell people what to avoid because of my story. And then I just ask questions. And I learned recently to quote RuPaul that the best rephrased questions need no answers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So I just think that everybody needs two mentors. And then the second part of your question is, what do they expect when they work with me? I'll tell them what I can and cannot do for them because there's realistic mentoring. And then there's the Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? And sometimes when they think, oh, I booked you for a 15-minute session and then I'm going to make more money and have more people come to my class and make income while I'm sleeping. After my initial contact with Lawrence of 15 minutes and I don't even own a certification, I can tell you about some other organizations that exist, but that's not called realistic fitness. And then some book me to find out just where the steps are if they want to pursue a full-time fitness career. Because many fitness professionals grow up, as you two know well, that they don't grow up. Brian and Christine thinking, I am a business, right? This is right. my hobby. I get paid to work out. I help people feel better. <laughs> but if it's their full-time stuff, you know what? We're a business. And so we have to think like a business, but that's the chapter missing from all the books that are out there when you have to learn the Latin names of muscles and these numbers of blood pressure that nobody will ever take in a Zumba class, right? right. <laughs> so I think it's fascinating how we do need to test for baseline common knowledge, but we need to have mentors to tell us the career fast track and what's going on. So I ask questions of the people that are with me and I tell them one thing that is not a, a question, which is I am here to hold your growth. I'm not here to hold your hand. 
I hope you come to me with a support system. You'll have a lover, a mother, a significant other, or Match.com for the people who are going to hold your hand and bake you brownies and give you tissues and hug you and pet you and all the things you want to do for your emotional and spiritual and psychological and sexual aspects of your life. But in business mentoring, I'm here to hold your hand. And the repeats come to me because I tell the truth. And the truth as I know it, in my reality of conventions around the world that I program and present for, the, the truth is that the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And then you'll either grow <laughs> or you will growl. That is so true. Who, uh, who, who works best with you or who do you work best with? You know, is it you know, maybe a stage of the industry that they're in or, or um, you know, they can be newbies or, you know, people that... that um, you know, just are are doing it the wrong way for too long. Uh, who, who is the best uh, candidate for uh, to work with you? Everyone, Brian. The question is, uh, whom do I love working best with? Everyone has something to offer fabulous to me. When it's a match, when we have a realistic outlook on both ends, right? As long as it's not the Make-A-Wish Foundation call <laughs> that I told you sometimes happens. <laughs> oh, I was told that if I talk to you for 15 minutes, you'll change my life maybe change your life, but not change your bank account, not in 15 minutes. I, Brian, love the people that come to me and say, I'm just going to get Zumba certified, but I want to start with you. And that's great because you don't have to unteach anything. That's really cool, right? And the people that come to me for private mentoring, sort of with their lines of DVDs in the Walmarts, and they're this time of the year reprogramming and rebranding and rethinking their image for the next year, and they book me, that's a whole other story because they're in a whole other framework with a whole other wheelhouse. They also know how they've worked with their sponsorship, and a lot of times as they leave sponsorship, especially now as no one has money and everyone's rethinking, staying afloat, then that becomes a creative dynamic of make me step up because I'm not just saying to a newbie what to think about and, and some possible career questions. Um, I'm working with somebody who's been around the block and we both can strategize on the next best step for him or her. All right. This is a good one. Lawrence, what is the craziest idea that someone <laughs> has came, has, has brought to you as, you know, as a mentor or in the fitness industry? These, this is the good stuff. Well, Where I'm you're sure like, we... oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure we just can't talk about it on your podcast because it definitely involves some F-bombs. Uh, <laughs> oh. mm. hey, uh, mm. Let me, let me uh, confer with my partner here. F-bombs are acceptable, right? It's, it's a, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Bring it. Oh, it's just not who I am, really. Oh, it's no. over a glass of wine. <laughs> the craziest idea of realistic talk that someone's ever come to me during a mentoring session? Yeah. Yeah? I had someone at my fit camp in Puerto Rico, which I run from January through Easter every year, except this year because we had earthquakes before we had COVID. You want to talk about a great 2020. (laughs) And for the last 15 years, I have three students a week and they come to me in Puerto Rico, which is a great week when they're usually digging themselves out of snow back at home. And one female on our last day when we strategize and have this individual ceremony before we have a big ceremony as we send everyone back to the airport said I found my vision and my calling I know what I'm going to do I'm going to go and leave fitness temporarily I've been exploring the novitiate I'm going to become a nun 
and then I will see how I can work in, back into fitness and gym training and maybe some yoga and Pilates and that barefoot stuff you do with my novitiate into becoming a nun. Oh, wow. That's definitely a epiphany. <laughs> sure, during my fit camp. Yeah. I, I, I'm just so interested to follow her journey. Wow. That and, is... Uh... And that's and anything come of that? I mean, uh, you know, that you're willing to share? Yes, and part of novitiate is a lack of social media availability. So I'm waiting for the moment where she'll have that opportunity to say, I passed my novitiate, or I did not renew my vows, or I did go on to the next stage and become a sister, right? And now we're just in a silent period, and I'm waiting to hear. I know that she did not choose fitness. Fitness has chosen her in some degree. She will always keep the nuns healthy. I'm not sure if she'll go and breach that and, and branch that out to the community or the lay. That could only be wonderful. I know there are some Catholic nuns who actually are registered, licensed, paying Zumba teachers around yeah. the world, and they get lots of press. I think it was just a wonderful story. I don't know that I would call it crazy, but in the t- in terms Different. of people come to me, right, of the, of the thing that com- people come to mentoring. People come to me all the time and say, I want to be a presenter like you. And my first question is, when do you have time to talk and why? And if depending on their reason, as you know, Christine, I can go and work with them or I can just end up telling them the reality of, of presenter-based fitness and how there's no money in that. As you know now, none more than ever. There has to be another reason or reasons, but it's not because you think when you're standing on a stage, somebody is ka your bank account thousands for every minute that you're on a microphone that has a dying battery with a room that's too cold. I used to think that when I first started going that everyone were like these rock stars and they're getting paid thousands of dollars. Yeah, you're going to make it. And it's like, you know, and then you start realizing like, all right, this is the reality. And you try to, you know, pull yourself back down. Or I tell people all the time too, like I'm sure you do that. No, there's, you know, we're doing this to spread other messages because we may have our hands in the pot of things all over the world, but this is just a... A finger right. is right. in this. Right, um, right. Or, or of the two, like the people that benefit, the you know, get the most value of it are the, are the people right. that, that are there to hear you speak, right? You right. know, it, it's not the speakers. It's, it's for everybody else, so. Can I tell two short stories from food and art? You're watching time. I'm not. Please do. I promise it won't be longer than two minutes. Uh, Julia Child is the first female around-the-world voice with her own TV show of food, said, if you grow up and become a food chef of vegetarianism, you still have to know, even if you don't use eggs, how to make an omelet. You have to understand your past. So today, in her wonderful accent, we're going to learn butter and eggs in the right kind of pan. And she taught how to crack an egg and make an omelet. Fascinating if you're ever going to deal with food, even if you're never going to touch an egg with your people. Picasso, in art, said... I'm doing abstracts, and you might not even recognize what I was looking at or the model I was attempting to sketch, but you have to go back and look at those kind of Michelangelo and da Vinci history because without them paving the way, you wouldn't understand what I'm doing in my perspectivismo or my cubismo or whatever you want to call his work to come and be. In fitness, to go from food to art, we have to understand the people just coming into one discipline, Pound, Zumba, Les Mills, Bad Kitty Sassy, whatever those programs are, they have to understand to a study a little bit what came before. 
So we're not doomed to repeat it. And we can understand that in some ways, life just goes full spiral, not circle, full spiral forward, chorus, verse, chorus, verse. That is not unique to the programs that are out there today. They're back from LP Records, Hello Jane Fonda. And also we have to understand, Christine, where conventions started. To get back now to your point of when people come into the world and we used to see presenters on stages and we thought they were super successful and making tons of money from that event and they were the, the, the it and the end all. You know what? They were. Because the way conventions worked 15 years ago when I was there 20 years ago at the beginnings of IDEA and the beginnings of other conventions, conventions worked with completely different budgetary standards and mindsets from how it's all pay-to-play sponsorship, sell the metal plastic today, right? Mm -hmm. Very few are the sessions that aren't sponsored or that don't sell something. And when we look at people on a stage, the unsuspecting attendee virgin of a convention will say, what we thought, that's a superstar on the stage. You have to have this and this and this and this and this and this and pay this and this and this and buy this and this and this to be successful in fitness. It's not just body weight anymore. No, that's just the message of how that convention can viably stay afloat financially because of the way conventions have to work these days. Look at the pot. It's huge today with sponsorship and all the backstories. So the sad thing is there's no way for the person today to see a person in Zoom or a person with a website or the person on YouTube or the person on a stage in a convention. How did that person get on a stage? I just did this stayvention where I called Lawrence Spills the Beans and I spoke about the four ways you can become an industry presenter. Four ways. People don't know how they are, right? They just see someone on a stage as you and I did and thought that's really the big thing. And it was, but 15 years ago, our fitness convention, like Julia Child, like Picasso, has evolved. And if we don't understand our past, we're just going to stick to our present. All I can think of is watching Julia Child and her accent. <laughs> and the, just and the, great. Yeah. You can watch her on all her bloopers and outtakes on YouTube. Sometimes I just go there and watch her. She's burning the kitchen, the chicken in the kitchen and setting flames where they're not supposed to go. And then she throws it on the floor and gets the new one. I just loved how real she was. I almost think that part of the Muppets, the Swedish chef, like I always <laughs> thought that some somehow like they, there. there was a connection with the two of them. That sure, was had to be. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Now, speaking of staycation, we've all been pretty much staying where we <laughs> Where we are for the last right. quite a few months. Right where you left In us. The US. And uh, you have had something that I absolutely love. I've dropped in. I always say I like to, I'm that, I'm very voyeuristic. People, you know, always say, you know, what's, what's Christine's deal? I'm like, well, I, I like to watch. I like to watch and I like to sit back and just see what everyone else is doing in the industry or what they have to say before I make a move. And right. you have been doing something very interesting um, with people around the world. So tell our listeners what that is because they need to know. Thanks for watching and <laughs> contributing and commenting. You have done just more than watch. You've been very nice to make some comments and shares. And I really appreciate that. Since March, I've gone around the world twice and sat for six and a half hours at a time 
and called some of my friends and colleagues in the industry, humanitarians, to say, what's going on in your area? Just a virtual, global, United Nations of Fitness town hall. All those episodes now live on my YouTube channel as podcasts, or you can watch them, and they're great for inspiration. And to hear the places like Singapore in April saying, oh no, we're next to China, but nothing's happening here. And now, <gasps> the highest deaths and, and rates, uh, the, the, the virus, and, unfortunately, has attacked is Singapore under total lockdown in a way no other island has seen. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, to follow that trajectory, not always the same guests each time, we've had over 150 guests, seven shows, at 25 guests a show, and six and a half hours each time, you do the math. It's a lot of stuff. To keep consistency, I ask the same questions from the first episode to the last episode about where they are, what's going on in fitness, how they feel, an unexpected surprise of their new stay-at-home pandemic retreat, if you will. Love those answers. <laughs> and then I started turning my fitness work show into just smaller, three-hour, as if that's smaller, right? Three-hour single topic. So we've done systemic racism in fitness, and now we're going to do how unique individuals are monetizing their stay-at-home retreat. That's fascinating because it's more than just burpees in a Zoom box. I'm loving some of these crazy things that Petra Kolber is going to be sharing with us and these crazy things that Kia Williams is going to be sharing with us and Angelie Jenkins from Australia. The way that they're getting money from people around the world by doing more than just what's the obvious, right? Like teaching. So that's our next single topic. Fitness Works came out of the fact that I saw in April A lot of sadness in my heart when I was getting emails, Lawrence, what am I supposed to do? I'm a personal trainer, a group fitness instructor. uh, My club is closed. I don't even have a Facebook account. And my club has said, until further notice, you can't reach out to your classes or clients because they technically belong to us, not you. And all of that Mm -hmm. is true from a club perspective, right? And so I decided, what could we do? I never want to touch money because money is involved in different countries. And the U.S. has bailouts. Other countries has do different things. And certain countries and certain status versus employee versus independent contractor may give you money or not. I just said, how can we give people inspiration? So we came out with a PSA just to tell people what PayPal is, what Stripe is, what Venmo is. And you want to get there. And the hashtag is fitnessworks, but not for free. Because we are a service. You're not going to your grocery store or a chiropractor or even having a dog walker during pandemic who said, oh, no, that's okay. It's a charity. So when people started throwing their stuff up and saying, well, if you want to make any donations, I would hope they would finish that sentence with go to the Salvation Army because they're a 501c3. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional business. We are fitness, my friends. Right, Brian? Right, Christine? We, We pay for so many things to stay certified and do what we do. All the hidden costs and what we do, we are a professional business. People can make contributions. People can give us tips, but not make donations. If you start to ask for donations, let alone the tax implications in America, you are just asking for people to put you on par with charitable outreach community service work. We are so far above that. The the entire time. I mean, I I got very riled up about this and I was very vocal on social media that, you know, people went out there and, you know, throwing their goodies up there for free. I'm like, right. the restaurants aren't giving away free food. Right. The right. I mean, 
how is you know why are we doing this? And I think it makes and, the and entire under, the utter cu- undercutting of, right. of all of that. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, this person's charging ten dollars. Oh, I'll charge five. Oh, I'll just do it for donations. No, that's not okay, everybody. And right. I know, you know, we're all kind of in this boat, but you know, it's the it's the same thing. One person gives something away, and then it really devalues everybody else. And right. that's you know that's not right. And so uh, what are some common themes? What are some uh, pearls that you're seeing out there that, you know, from around the world? What are, what are some things that you kind of... Best kinda, wows. Yeah, or, or the, you know, even just some, some like I said, common themes, things you're kind of seeing from uh, coming from all different directions. I hear, Brian, that everybody says we're all in the same sea and we're all in different boats. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And that is true, and I'm finding, depending on which news we watch or which friends I'm speaking to and which (laughs) continents, that the news of the day is drastically different. And the news of that place today may differ greatly from its announcement tomorrow. We've never lived at a time where so much changed so quickly. Not even when we've had gay marriage and Three Mile Island nuclear catastrophe in the last century or the turn of the century or the hashtag me too or the AIDS epidemic never in history has so much international news changed in such a precipitous nature by the day and some of the themes that inspire me are what people are doing on Zoom and other virtual platforms to create connection beyond fitness, because people want connection in their depression, also involving hallway fitness, which I've loved from Italy, in the active aging outreach in Florida that Ann Gilbert was talking about, people doing with drive-by, just with their gloves and mask and handing over their phone, and then the gym or the institution would set them up on Zoom and Facebook and Instagram because they'd never mm-hmm. been able to do that before. That was such a great solution going through Florida. I saw in Singapore people getting together on social media platforms for wine and wine. The W-H-I-N-E, people would go around and talk about the worst part of their day to whine or complain and then drink wine together. And I thought, how wonderful is that? That inspired me to do the same thing for a fee, which I've been doing for a while. Then I went to what my friends in Africa were doing in Kenya to take the people that normally taught inside a facility and take their movement experiences outside. And they were the first people that I knew to use their bike and marked car and other form of transportation lanes to line people up and teach outdoor, shaded, physically distanced fitness. I thought that was absolutely inspirational. I thought from Italy also, where so much began in the West to get around the world, the sing-alongs and happy hours from 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 p.m. as the days started getting longer into the solstice of the pandemic. People were joining and then passing baskets around and adding contributions and contributing just food or maybe a canned good to the person who was hosting that night. In Italy, there are so many apartment buildings, right, or condo buildings where everything faces in, and we've seen them on on YouTube. I've seen so much inspiration that brought money and showed how fitness works, but not for free in non-traditional ways, not just the free class up there on 
Facebook Live, which started at the beginning. Okay, listeners, does everybody hear this? <laughs> I'm just going to repeat this for everyone, that there is great value and you all have great gifts, but they are worth something and you are worth it. So I'm just going to, I'm sorry, I had to kind of take a time out to remind everyone that, you know, you, you have value. And Absolutely. You've got to see all your talents beyond the traditional things you might have done in a gym. The class or experience you always wanted to create, but your group fitness manager wasn't able to ever budget for or give you the go-ahead for. Or as a group fitness manager, you never had your superiors say, yes, let's try that. Now are the things that we could do that. All my RD friends, my registered dietitians are having their friends now that we could go out to grocery stores. And if, if your ingredients are sourceable or findable where you are, everybody gets something together. Then on Sunday brunches in Zoom rooms, you go live and make the same thing, but in your individual kitchen. Well, I couldn't find the Brussels sprouts, but I'm going to use spinach. Okay, Martha, you let us know how that works out for you. And you stay with us. And by the end of that tipsy brunch, everyone's holding up either the Zentangle or the art or the brunch or the, the cake or the cookies or the lopsided souffle, the cooking things around the world that are putting so much more money into the registered dietitian's pockets, I finding absolutely fascinating. The games that now work for active agers in retirement communities I've been seeing, people who never taught active agers are now Zooming wonderful walking, standing bingo experiences for all their practitioners and they're selling themselves even to other English speaking countries. I have so many people going to the UK and Australia and South Africa. All it takes is being able to speak English and a Zoom link for you to make money in another country now. How just brilliant is that? Paul Galoro is do- telling bedtime stories in drag in Canada. <laughs> People are tipping him, getting up there. It's 10 o'clock at night. Whatever you've had to drink or not, you've had your tea. You see that face before you go off to sleep. Sweet Jesus, it's lovely. And you know what? In addition to his meditation, in addition to all the powerful stuff he's doing with his mentoring groups, in addition to his yoga classes, he's doing bedtime stories. Why shouldn't he? The drag queens are making tons of money doing that, and they are so much in a predicament like we are in fitness. I won't even start, but they were my inspiration, and the Broadway community were my inspiration Mm. for my Around the World shows when I saw Rosie O'Donnell do it to raise money for Broadway, which is dark until next year, and the drag queens who can't work in a place called a club like we do in special clothing like we do timed to music and lip syncing like we do or we're (laughs) off the beat and off the phrase and if you're teaching something that's on the beat and on the phrase you're not very successfully judged on social media when your music's off then the whole music streaming issue and legalities Mm -hmm. let alone how do you play it through zoom or another device we were all in the same boat in on the same sea in different boats figuring all this together which is why i've always had drag queens and priests on my around the world show we went we'd go from a priest to a drag queen to a bartender and other people who are creative like the spa industry in addition to our fitness works. Where else in the world can you get blessed and then and then have bingo with a drag queen and then go off to Christine Conti telling us what she's doing on the other part of the world? I just, I just think that when you surround yourself with a fitness party, everybody feels a sense of community and maybe some inspiration. I could do that too. I love this. This is the stuff we need. But this is the networking. And if people ever ask me for advice, I'm like, network. Just, right. just put yourself right. in positions like go to, you know, listen to Lawrence and all of his roundtables. Go to the Sergeant Ken Project Hope. Go drop in right. on this stuff and be seen. 
and, and let tell people... a bedtime story for five dollars. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Awesome. To, I have to look into that one. You know, <laughs> of course you do. You need to start doing it. Who's not going to listen to your story? You take a little story and you sort of like throw in some f bombs for adults, yeah. or you take an adult story. But I'm telling you, kids' stories. Yeah. The Little Prince has never been more relevant <laughs> than it is right now. Yeah, hop on pop <laughs> by Dr. Seuss. Red. There you go. By Christine Conti. <laughs> yeah, or the places you'll go by Dr. Seuss. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. The places. But but you'll you just go. have to add, add add the three words inside your house to the to the COVID uh-huh. special of oh yeah. the places you'll go because you know it's all about leaving your home and yeah. going around the world. Right. Kid, if you re yeah. if you charge people five dollars for reading the new version. Of oh Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. Not only is it inspirational. That's one of my and favorite you play books. some background music. Yeah, and you get $5 from all the people you know. Ka-ching! You don't need to teach a yoga class tomorrow. <laughs> can I read it, though, in my in like a sensual voice? Like, you can oh, do all the character voices. The you places oh, the you'll places go. you'll go. In your house. My pants. That's right. With your mask. <laughs> <laughs> With your elastic pants. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to go there. I'm I'm like a 19 year old boy. I never, you know. I started the morning off with this perspective, like you know, like the world is so angry right now. Like everything's just anger, and everybody's angry. Raise your hand if you're angry, and like you know, half the you know more than half the world's going to raise their hand, like you know, because you know, the guy that wears the mask is pissed off at the guy who doesn't wear the mask, who's pissed off at the you know, and, and it's like all this whole thing is happening, right? And I just see a lot of pissed off energy. And except right. here, but Brian. no, but that's what happened. The like one of the very best things, Lawrence, you said it was watching my kids. I have, you know, three boys and, and my second grader in particular was his art class because the teacher just laid it out for him and they were right. all doing it and they're all on the zoom and you can see it. And, you know, and they're all there. And then at the end, like you said, with the, you know, the dinner, they held it up. And, you know, and it was like these kids were just like making the art and they're seeing other people making the art. And it was amazing it was beautiful and it that's the stuff that we need to live in right we want to live in that works but not for free right Mm -hmm. yeah we just have to say who are our people we've had this connection but we've associated them with the class we were privileged enough to be booked to teach in one facility but they want to go with us for pancakes they want to go with us to starbucks they want to shoot the breeze about their De- us detoxing their fridge and pantry. Well, if you haven't made some private appointments to all those people by now, shame on you. Watch our show. Go around the world and see how the, the people who aren't even licensed are saying, well, I'm not sure that when I open your fridge and I see three bottles of full sugar Coke and you're diabetic, that that's setting yourself up for success. $5, please. Mm-hmm. And just knowing how to market yourself to all the people whose hearts you've captured over the years is so important now. What would you suggest, and I'm going to ask you this very, you know, openly for, you know, those of us in the industry now that, you know, may have something to offer. What do you recommend that people do if they are, maybe they do have, you know, a lot to offer other people and do want to be a mentor? Because sometimes it's, you know, it's off-putting, you know, people always want information for free. They want your time for free. I mean, you know, Brian's like an expert, crazy runner, amazing guru, but I mean, you can't just come up and be like, Hey Brian, you want to train me? I mean, absolutely not. So what do you suggest for the people in fitness to, you know, to go about having that conversation? 
if I understand your question is how do you find a fitness or business mentor? Or how do, I mean, yeah, I'm being circuitous. No, so you're not. I just how... want to not answer what the, I, listen, I do interviews for a life. So I just, uh, one of my things is if, if you answer brilliantly, but it's not what I was asking. So if, so say I'm, you know, I am a mentor or people constantly come to me for advice. How do you turn that dialogue into, I can't give you advice for free all the time? Wonderful question. Just today, Christine, Idea has an article out mm -hmm. called The Business of Mentorship. Yep. How to be a mentor and how to be a great mentee. Okay. It's written by this crazy guy named Lawrence Biscontini. <laughs> I'm putting it on my website yeah. today. Not that I wrote it, but I'm quoting all the people who have been great mentees, like people I talked to who got a TV show. Of course, I'm going to profile them. And the people that have mentored me are the people who are making so much more money mentoring than I am because they charge the $1,000 an hour mm -hmm. that I never do. The next part of your question is, how does that business relationship sort of work? You contact anybody of the two mentors you have to have, right? Someone in your profession that represents where you want to go and somebody outside of your profession that represents who you want to be and how you want to be, like my very, very lovely Connie in Hollywood and then my very, very erudite Len Kravitz in our fitness industry. So I have both of them as my mentors. You just go to them and you say, can I consult you about your mentoring services? Not, can I pick your brain? Not, how much do you cost? Not, can I afford you? And not, what are your thoughts on being able to help me with my career? What are your thoughts on is the same as, <laughs> can I pick your brain? And the only thing worse than both of those is, quick question, <laughs> right? How do I improve my business as a fitness person, right? <laughs> quick question means, let me drop on you in the smallest time it takes me to get as much information from you as I can for free. No one ever says, quick question, is this the men's bathroom or the girls' bathroom? Because you read the sign on the door, or these days, it doesn't really matter. Just go in and wash your hands, right? However, you don't say, quick question, or can I pick your brain? Can I consult you about your mentoring services? And that person is going to tell you, all the Mindy Milrays, all the Kelly Roberts, all the Len Kravitz are going to tell you, probably go to my website and it's already there. Or, sure, what are you looking for? What's your budget? Are you looking for a trade? Are you looking to pay? And generally, I learned from Douglas Brooks that you talk to me about anything where you are, and after five minutes, then we talk about what I could do for you or not. In other words, your first five minutes of anything are free. As you know, Christine, people come up to you at a convention. The worst thing is before you're going to present, right? <laughs> Hi, I'm coming to this session. Or even worse, they'll come before you're going to present and say, I really can't come to your session here because I have to go to this, but I just want to ask you what I could do to be on stage like you. Meanwhile, you have like 30 seconds to introduce <laughs> yourself, right? And it's just a lovely time. And when can I do have that. all of your notes and choreography and music? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the yeah. Wi Fi is uh -huh. not connecting. Sure, sure. How wonderful, though, are the people that wait for you to finish, wait for all the other fans or pictures or autographs or questions and card exchanges to go, and you've seen them waiting so patiently, and they say, I noticed that you don't have a session now. They took initiative to know. I mean, you might have a date or a meal or a shower, but at least they know that you're not off to teach. And is there any time at this convention, while we're sort of sequestered here, back in the day when people thought that that was the way to go, mm -hmm. have live and in-person conventions, where I could walk you to Starbucks and get you something there 
and in exchange, ask you a few questions along the way. You know what? I'll almost marry you for the generous people <laughs> that are that smart, uh-huh. right? They've shown politeness, they've shown kindness, and they're going to do an energy exchange because I'm not... I'm not clandestine about the fact that I have stock in Starbucks. And knowing that you'll walk me there and offer me something, three, four, five dollars, I'm not going to order the most expensive thing because you've already shown that you're generous and understand that you're willing to put out to get something. Then I'm going to go and give you extra time and give you my phone number and I'm going to end up giving you much more than those five minutes because, first of all, waiting in line at a Starbucks at a convention, you're sort of effed from the start Mm -hmm. because... You could finish a divorce faster than you could get your drink before you have to go to your next session. So, so I just love when people respect your time with, with putting, keeping the word kind in human kindness. And I will say this to those who are listening about mentoring as well. For the true success stories, because I have mentorship tiers, a free mastermind group that anyone can get into on Facebook. And that as my service to humanity in the fitness industry for all budgets, no excuses, just come in to my hundred acre woods because we're all like the characters of Winnie the Pooh. And that's no charge. Then I offer deeper connection on deeper levels. And I have found over the years this, Brian and Christine, that the more you invest, the more invested you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, the people who are going to pay my entry level 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 twenty dollars are really going to sometimes expect the much higher tier level results. But at twenty dollars, if they read what twenty dollars gets you, they're not always realistic. But the people who invest more, they are more invested because it's just like personal trainer. The the level of numbers that Equinox has one two three four five level trainer. You don't have to be an elite athlete to get a level five trainer, but you are much more invested and present to somebody that you are spending $500 an hour for, whatever they charge, for those 50 minutes when you know that's a top level trainer and he or she is constantly at your eye level and dedicated to you. When you invest more, you become more invested. I like that. Amen. In that game. I am in love with the fact that we need to know there's a, there's a way to approach people. And I think that we are very willing to, you know, our time is very valuable and, you know, again, time is money sometimes. And I know that money is not the end all be all that I would much rather hug a person than hug a bag of money at the end of the day, but it's still something that needs to be addressed. And I think that, that was an awesome um, just suggestion for for people. And I would say, Lawrence, even outside of the fitness industry, because, you know, I, I remember, you know, my family always said that, you know, fitness is not a, you know, it, it's not a career, it's a hobby. And when yeah, people ask me, you know, people ask me, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, how much time do you have? They said, <laughs> you know, I am not in fitness. I'm in the business of fitness right now between right. podcasting and producing and, you know, presenting and making programs. I'm like, that's a business. You're marketing. You're, it's a lot of work. It is a lot and it's all encompassing, but it's a business. At the end of the day, I'm not, you know, walking around in leotards doing, you know, <laughs> step class anymore. It's, there's that's such a teeny tiny part of the bigger picture and right. falling in love with the bigger picture, you know, really takes 
hard work, but it's all about who you surround yourself and networking. And I honestly, for all the listeners out there, you know, if you have not, you know, dropped in on Lawrence Biscontini and all of his, you know, work that he's done all. Then you're better off. No, you're not. Would you stop it? (laughs) You are not. Um, Then you need to do it because, I mean, you want to put yourself in those circles that are going to lift you up and succeed. Be be the voyeur like I am, and I always used to watch everyone. What are they doing? I was, and then I was thinking, there's there's two people that are listening to this right now. They're the people that know Lawrence and will just wanted more, mm-hmm. and then they're the people that don't know him and then will now get more and come to oh, him kind. for more. My hashtag is bucket of crazy. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you something real quick before we part ways here. I am pulling fully for your um, nun friend who is in fitness. My second grade teacher, Sister Luke, um, was a clown. Wait, what? In addition to being a nun, she was a legit Ringling Brothers clown. Like she went to went to clown school. And wore like the every Halloween like busted it out and it was it was kind of cool because you could tell who it was behind you know but like oh, you know the ha- the habit way. came off the you know the, yeah. the the outfit everything was there yeah. and she was like you know with the size you know twenty one shoes on the you know she was little she was a tiny woman right. but God bless Sister Lou but soul <laughs> right like soul like you wouldn't believe because she had passion beyond all the stuff and you right. know what my family keeps in touch uh, you know we actually she's still around and we and we uh, are in touch with Sister Luke she was a pisser like amazing <laughs> like for a nun it was amazing it was like right. I, I even hate to say it like that but I, you know yeah. when I graduated 8th grade my graduation present from my dad was the nuns who taught me and my mom and I got to come to Puerto Rico and so he paid their trip their plane tickets and we came and we stayed here because we always had a home in Puerto Rico. I'm not Puerto Rico, I'm Italian. But after Cuba became illegal and Nat King Cole died, Dad and Nat King Cole couldn't go to Cuba and smoke cigars anymore. So Dad said, what's a close-by island that's kind of similar <laughs> with a rainforest? It was Puerto Rico. Plus, it belonged to America, right? right. And, and so... Uh, we came here and we had so much fun. We went gambling. I remember Sister Genevieve put a quarter once in and pulled this thing of a of a what do you call it, a slot machine and made the sign of the cross and she had a jackpot. Oh my gosh! And we have a picture. It was hysterical <laughs> and she was eighty pounds and did the Irish jig from Ireland with the Irish accent to a tree. I'll play two or three times. That's it. That's all I can do. It's, it might be the devil's work. Well, after the first jackpot, she said, "I'm definitely not going to play two or three times because I hit the jackpot on the first time." We had so. When I'd see them in the bathing suits and they're no more habits, and we were just so human, and yeah. it was such a great connection and culmination of my eight years of bullying and incredible sad times and the growth that goes through grades one to eight. It was the nuns who sheltered me. It was the sisters who gave me sanity, and it was the sisters who who just supported me so much. I could tell stories, and I don't think I should take up time. But <laughs> I wouldn't sing or write or poem or be able to half speak and make a sentence if it weren't for all the different sisters some of whom are still alive four are still alive at the villa that gets no money from the government because they're a religious-based affiliation so they depend completely on donations although they take people in of all religious affiliations even men to their retirement community who qualify and they feed the homeless and hungry between philadelphia and new york they're where i send my money because i love the outreach that they do including taking care of the nuns 
who actually have taken a vow of poverty. The Sisters of St. Joseph take a vow of poverty. Priests don't. They can have a Lexus, a Mercedes, and a mm-hmm. iWatch, and, a, and a, an Apple, anything. But right. the nuns take vows of poverty. The priests take vows of obedience and other things, right? I'm just saying that my nuns don't have the bank accounts that my priest friends do. Well, I tell you what, when you uh, rattle off your, your um, links and, and everything, uh, make sure you, you include them, and uh, we'll spread the word on that as well. Oh, thanks. So are you back at all in the States? Are you in? Are you still coming to Pennsylvania at all, or what are you doing? I can do on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> right? He'll even read you a bedtime story, Christine. Yeah. Today, <laughs> we're speaking, I don't know if you'll date this or not when it actually airs, but the news that changes is JetBlue and Delta have one flight a day from Puerto Rico to Miami, wow. like anybody wants to fly there, right? <laughs> right now. And New York. And that's not an issue. Biscuit and I can get there and get on. I have even status with those airlines, and Biscuit's paperwork is on file. The problem is coming now from America, especially New York, to San Juan, a two-week incubation period or or self-quarantine, as well as a special test that has to be done 48 hours before you would leave JFK for Puerto Rico. It's become quite stringent. And that might change by the time this even airs, right? As I say, as the wind blows, the, the, the news flows. And we're finding different things by the day. I'm planning on leaving Puerto Rico sometime this year. I will not do September hurricane season here. I've lived through four major hurricanes that have totaled my home. And even if my home is totaled this year, I will not be here for it. Um, You do it once. uh, You do it a second time. Then you do some earthquakes. Then you do another hurricane. Puerto Rico is very removed. It's not like you can truck in water and electricity right. from Miami, yeah, right? You got to get through the Jamaicas and then the Turks and Caicos and then the Cuba, and then you got to find Puerto Rico. So we're pretty isolated to get some infrastructure. Even glass, when your windows get blown in, no matter how you protect them, you can't ex- explain a hurricane to anyone who hasn't lived through it. I don't know when I'm leaving is the, is the short answer, Christine. I'd like to go, get to the east part of the Atlantic Ocean, UK, France, Italy, see my friends and family, and be back home in Mykonos. I've never been in Mykonos um, this late after Easter. I'm always there painting and getting my cottage ready, and now it's uh, season's more than half done, and I'm not even going to go. And even if I'm there, who's going to come visit me in my cottage this year? Like, why even paint? <laughs> Right. Like, oh, I got to get my cottage ready for my friends coming to Mykonos. Said no one ever in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one's coming to visit ever. So I would well, rather have you, you stay You never know safe. how many friends you have until you have a cottage in Mykonos, let yeah, me tell you. So not during COVID. And then when they find out I have two donkeys, oh, everybody wants to come and see my donkeys. And I haven't been told that before I had a home in Mykonos. You have donkeys? I didn't know that. I have two. What are their names? Bitsit <laughs> and Bobo. Oh, my gosh. You just get better and better. Fidget and bubble. Oh, my goodness. Lawrence, what's on the agenda, aside from a bazillion Zooms and mentoring everyone? Um, I know that we've no idea what's happening in the future. It may be blowing up. I have no idea. But tell us what to expect from Lawrence and also tell us your hashtags and social media so that we can pump that out. You're so kind to ask. Is my voice, am I telling you these things because you're going to make this separate or is this, I'm actually still recording we part are of the show. We are still on the oh, show. Oh, you're on. Talk to us. Oh, okay. Great. So the first part of the question before I heard hashtags, right, is what's next? Well, I try to make God laugh every day by telling her my suggestions for the rest of this year. Her. But I'm sure they are just jokes. Some conventions have canceled. 
Some conventions have gone virtual. Some conventions have canceled and not put it out formally yet when it's getting pretty close time to refund and reschedule your people. Some conventions have restructured and so I'm involved in some of those. In some ways, there are lots of interesting stories how all different companies have held their meetings and decided to handle their presenters, instructors, regular presenters, old presenters, new presenters. Fascinating. It's a whole other, a whole other show of the business of fitness. So virtual conventions in the future, Christine and Brian, are coming. The mentoring that I do every single day in my mastermind group on Facebook is something either motivational, educational, or inspirational. It gives me a reason to think about my role as learning what I need to teach and teaching what I need to learn at everybody's no expense. We just exchange love in that Facebook group that's sort of private and secret because when you say those words, it makes people want in. How much is it? <laughs> Nothing. And then if people want more, and the hope is that they do, then they get to hear from me every day on a daily basis at some deeper level in silver, gold, or platinum mentoring. And that goes on every day of the year. We have a theme and a word for the year, then for each month, then for each week, and then for each day. If 100 Acre Woods in Mentoring, mastermind group on Facebook, is something every day, educational, motivational, inspirational, my mastermind groups and my tiers get something specific to do and say and think every day as well as a juicy piece of takeaway gossip from inside the industry that I would never tell in public. I think, I think those, <laughs> those tears are worth it just for the little daily announcement of SAS of uh, just to know, wow, who knew that presenters were treated that way? Or who knew presenters were treated that way, right? Depends how you say it. That yeah. makes people think how wonderful or crappy we are evaluated or not. In addition <laughs> to those things, I'm going, the, the rest of the year holds my Eastern return at some time to Europe, especially my cottage in Mykonos, not with guests. I will not take on clients for the remainder of the season, like September, October. I just won't. Normally, I have personal training clients come to me. I work every day, and not this year. I'm not going to go there and take someone on, even if it is the mayor, for a month. It's just better for him to keep what he's doing now, and it's better for me not to get that involved for the month of of the one exception of 2020. And then in addition to that, participating in all the stuff that I told you, like the storytelling I'm going to start, the wine and wine with me that I'm doing that people are loving, the make the Italian recipe where we all do that together on a Sunday brunch that I took from Singapore was the white wine and wine. And Paul Galoro and my drag queens friends have read a story with me. I'm going to start that. <laughs> Much more than just fitness classes because we have those recorded. We can always invite people to a Zoom room and then press play. And it's going to look and sound a hell of a lot better than I am in the wind if it's a little bit uh, rainy, right? And so I can still be on live and give people feed forward and some tips and tricks about their outlook. I just think that's important. Anybody who's interested can find me. It's kind of a longer link, and I'd love to give it to you in writing, and I will. But I have a little secret group that's open for everyone, and that's www.facebook.com slash groups. And that much is standard for our industry. www.facebook.com slash groups slash find Lawrence mentoring. Pretty easy. Even if you went to Facebook 
and knowing it's a secret and a private group in your search where you would search for Christine Conti or Fine Lawrence or Lawrence Biscontini, you just typed in Fine Lawrence Mentoring. You would get an application page where you say, I promise not to sell or show myself naked or use that negative bullying speech to anybody and boom, you're in. It's no charge. You just have to accept the rules of that Find Lawrence Mentoring Organization. I'm not. Invitation. I'm not doing it because you said I couldn't be naked on there. <laughs> you had me at everything else. Sounds great, but uh, well, it's Facebook kidding. rules, not mine. Trust me, don't look at anything, especially when you've been in the same place since January one, and you have still the lock in your front door and haven't even turned it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I don't even get my mail. My assistant Irene lives in Puerto Rico, and she comes and gets the mail, brings me anything I need from CVS or Walgreens, which is our pharmacy or walmart or or uh, primark in the uk equivalent and my vet brings my groceries on tuesdays who's been just a rock star of of that and i've downsized because of out of guilt right sometimes it's just bananas and soy milk <laughs> and even getting soy milk in puerto rico sometimes it's like hit or miss there's none this 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 week or this month it, it depends on what's coming if anybody wants to get on my vip mail list since you mentioned hashtags and mm-hmm. ways people can find me to find me, it's it's always still better if I give it to you in writing, but it's HTTP, as we all begin our sites, colon, slash, slash, bit.ly. We've seen those bit.ly initiators of links. It's bit.ly slash, I want to find Lawrence. And that will allow you to give me your email. You're on my VIP list. And where I used to send a VIP update of the secrets of our industry and what's Lawrence up to and how do you find Lawrence once a month, I'm sending those out every couple days because of this panel I'm doing or this ACE approved. You need a credit for that. How do you stay certified during COVID? Because I'll tell you guys, the industry NCCA approved certifying bodies might be wonderful in putting out equipment and resources that we need to take advantage of. But they have all been firm in saying no grace periods for anyone. So we need to stay certified. Huh. Nice thing, it doesn't matter where we get our CECs. If you're an RD, you could take 20 hours of Tai Chi seated in the water. And bless your heart, you're still going to recertify for ACE and F and NASM, NSCA, CSM, and all the others that take their credits. But you got to stay certified if you're certified. I'd hate to hear out of COVID that people didn't make money and they also simultaneously let their certifications go. Shame on us. Because do you want to go back to your dermatologist when she's open again? (laughs) Or back to your chiropractor when he's open again and say, oh, I'm no longer board certified because I didn't really need to keep up on touching people. Now bend over. (laughs) Really? No. You're not touching this. We are fitness professionals, and if we're going to charge and say that fitness works but not for free, that's because I'm a professional. The last thing I'm going to do is let my certification go, right? Which is why I changed all my scholarships this year to helping people keep their certifications up. Mm -hmm. I told people, I'm not paying anybody scholarships because there are no conventions to go to. I took all that money that was budgeted for their planes and IDEA and CamFit Pro and SCWs, and I help people pay their rent and recertify because I don't want people to say, I let my certification go just because I lost my job. That would be horrible because there are no grace periods from the industries, um, unfortunately. So that's bit.ly slash I want to find Lawrence. Hashtags are many, and I will tell you a few because I think they're important that we can have 30 and use a few of them, right? 
One is hashtag find Lawrence, and then I get to see what you're doing. Beyond me, there's our industry, hashtag fitfam. I think we all need to do hashtag fitfam like fit family, right? Hashtag, especially during COVID, to unite all organizations that create community. Hashtag, you are not alone. Hashtag, fitness works when you're doing anything that involves your business love exchange. You're doing something and they're paying, in other words. Hashtag, fitness works. Come to my Zoom class tomorrow for back pain and you'll sleep better or your money back. Hashtag, fitness works. And I will see it and I can help promote it because I have search engines for my Insta and Facebook and Twitter just for these hashtags, like hashtag fitness works. You can do the same. People don't even know. They go to Instagram and instead of following your favorite pet, follow your favorite pet, but also follow your own Instagram hashtag and follow hashtag fitness works. And just from that alone, you'll see the creative stuff that people are doing around the world, tagging fitness works where they're making money. And you'll get ideas just from your Instagram feed alone, if that makes sense. Tell everyone the Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, just search hashtags. It's so important <laughs> because we got to have those ideas. Ha- hashtags find Lawrence, hashtag my dog find biscuit, B I S K I T. Hashtag fitness works, as I've mentioned. Hashtag, if you're doing something successful, thrive, not survive. Hashtag thrive, not survive. Hashtag bucket of crazy is mine because it's everything I do. When people are making a post, they don't always think about requesting the gold standard of social media, which is a share, not a comment, and not the stupid little love or the thumbs up sign. It's better than a stick in your eye, but... Better than an emoji click is a comment. A comment to count has to be three words minimum. Yes, this rocks instead of just yes and an exclamation point, for example. Or go on and write your diatribe if you want to. (laughs) But the gold standard of social media as we speak today is a share. That means that no other words exist in my language of posting that I could do better at than click share because you've done it. Better than I even could, and I share 100% not only your post, but your sentiments. That's the gold standard. So when you're making a post and you want to subliminally and honestly and candidly invite people to do that, put in your hashtag, hashtag share this. And people realize, oh, maybe I should, because I'm also trying to make money and spread wellness on our planet as well. You are amazing, Lawrence, and we are super grateful after a few years of patience and persistence. And 174 episodes. Yeah, almost 200 episodes of our show <laughs> to uh, finally nail down some time with you. And we thank you so much for everything that you're doing just in the fitness industry and beyond helping people, mentoring people, and just inspiring people. Like I say, you are someone that is helping change lives, but not just change lives, help save lives. And that's what is very touching. Congratulations to your 200 episodes. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming up. Almost, yeah. I think that is just how many people are just having thoughts. You put action into vision, which becomes a successful inspiration for our world. And that you've included me and been persistent and said, could you possibly, can we thought? Thank you. 
that anyone would want to talk to me other than just to say, where's the men's room? Thank you. <laughs> I'm honored. I don't take any of that for granted as someone who was told all those horrible things of school bullying and growing up that somebody would say, actually, could we talk to you for longer than a few seconds? Mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted at all. So thank you. Well, our pleasure. Well, Lawrence, with that said... It's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Bucket of crazies.